Hey everybody, welcome to PD and P-Dubs Unscripted. Great to be with you again on this Wednesday, April 13th. Uh, PD, great to be with you, man. Yeah, good to be with you, P-Dubs. I feel like we're doing this all the time. Yeah, uh, we're finding ourselves right in the middle of Holy Week. Right, so a lot of things coming up in the next few days, as you heard us talk about on Monday's podcast, with starting with Monday, Thursday, then the Good Friday, Easter Vigil, and then sunrise easter you'll be awake for that yeah well i'll be here i don't know how awake i'll be but hopefully yes i will be rejoicing in the lord don't you always rejoice in the lord well even more so at 6 a.m on easter okay i'll rejoice but maybe more so at 8 and 10 (laughs) a.m we'll have to get the caffeine in you so like you can really rejoice really rejoice i'm always up for that service yeah for sure well today we wanted to do a deeper dive um kind of coming out of spinning out of Palm Sunday, which we just celebrated this past weekend, and uh, certainly a very familiar text uh, that is uh, recorded in every one of the Gospels, all just a little bit different with certain nuances, Uh, but our text for this past weekend was based out of John 12. Right. uh, So we wanted to take a look, and we might as well uh, read right into that, and... uh, you know, I was thinking um, it's kind of good when we read together. Okay. You know, that way people don't get bored with my voice. And or it's not, I. not a very long reading, but maybe I could take uh, verse 12 through 15, and then you could take 16 through 19. Okay, so, my original, yeah. before you even said that, I mean, great minds think alike, because I was like, maybe I could do the shouts of the people or what was written. Oh. And break it hey, up. We then. could make it even alive. So, ooh, how, you want to do that? So, yeah, so I got to figure this out here. So I'd be like the Hosanna, <laughs> blessed is he, and then like yeah. the fear not daughter of... Yeah, and then you can do... Uh, you have seen... You can be you can be the Pharisees, too, at the end. Okay. All right, here we oh, go. Oh, man, this... Oh, man, I got to stretch here, because this is something out of our comfort zone. Yes, reading indeed. Like the, you ready for this? I, I think I am. So this is John chapter 12, uh, beginning at the 12th verse. Uh, grab your Bibles, grab your devices, grab your phones, whatever. Let's just get into God's Word and dive deeper. So here we go. Uh, the next day, the large crowd that had come to the feast heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, crying out, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel. And Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, just as it is written. Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things had been written about him and he had been and had been done to him. The crowd that had been with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead, continued to bear witness. The reason why the crowd went to meet him was that they had heard he had done this sign. So the Pharisees said to one another, You see that you are gaining nothing. Look, the world has gone after him. And this is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Yeah. Oh man, what did we open ourselves up to? Now they're going to expect that's all the time. I like, know it's like dramatic God. reading going oh, on. Oh man! Here. But um, yeah, so here we are. This is one of the readings from John uh, uh, for the triumphal entry. Jesus comes to Palm Sunday, and um, you know this is the one text 
that uh, does talk about the laying down of the branches of the palm trees. Right. All the others don't, um, which is really interesting. John always seems to come up with one little tidbit aspect here or there that is something a little different. Because he's kind of that kind of random one out of all the Gospels, because he doesn't fall within the synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Exactly. He's kind of like an oddball almost. Right, right. But yet he does does quote... uh, uh, Zechariah nine nine nine, and uh, so uh, he's talking about you know fear not, daughter of Zion, behold your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. And certainly, uh, it seemed that everybody had the feeling that Jesus was coming now to Jerusalem to take over as king, right. and uh, and take his proper seat on the throne to overthrow the Romans and even uh, the Jewish leadership. Don't you think? Right, and you wouldn't expect him, though, to be coming on a donkey. Exactly. Um, You know, it seems to be kind of a menial animal, you know, not one of great stature and power. You know, you would kind of imagine perhaps a king coming on a a, a really strong horse, you know, fit for battle, ready to battle. Or I was thinking, and maybe this is just because I love this movie, or the cartoon, at least especially when I was a kid, was the Aladdin cartoon movie when he comes into the town mm. and he's got the huge party going on. The he, oh. He's on the elephant, and I was just trying to look up at the song. I think it is the song Prince Ali. Prince Ali, yeah. And, you know, that's what you would expect for the king to come mm-hmm. in some celebration like you see in that. Exactly. Not this, like... Guy coming in on a donkey, mm-hmm. people taking their clothes off their back, laying it on the ground, and then cutting like palm branches like down from the trees. And I always think back to now, like my experience in Cambodia, because we talked about Palm Sunday. Yeah. And that was one of the things we did before we kind of did the services on that first Sunday when I was there in Cambodia was cut down palm branches from the trees and pass them out to everybody. So that was kind of a unique and cool experience to say, you know, that's kind of what it was like in Jesus's day, just going to the tree, getting it down. We can't really do that here in Illinois where right, we're at. Right, right, And just seeing the excitement of those people waving those and the bottles with like marbles in them for the shakers. Like, yeah, it's absolutely it, great. I mean, I've never seen a Palm Sunday celebration quite like that. It's fantastic. And and yes, we, we order up some palms, fronds, and, you know, we try and recreate and generate some excitement about... Like, let us wave our palms because, you know, this is the day that Jesus, who is the King of Kings, rode into Jerusalem and uh, kind of now revealed fully, now is the time, you know, because before the people were getting, uh, trying to figure out who he was, he was like keeping it on the down low. And now it's the great reveal is happening. You know, he's allowing this, this praise to welcome him as a king. And the whole palm tree thing, um, you know, it is something that symbolizes freedom and victory, uh, freedom over being oppressed. Um, so maybe the people thought, uh, you know, this was a way where they were expressing like, you know, we're being released from captivity from the Romans and, um, and now, you know, we will be able to be free. And so this is victory. Our King is coming and we're waving these palm trees branches in victory and laying them down to create the royal highway, you know? And um, so later on in uh, Jerusalem's time and in uh, the Holy Land, there were coins that were minted that had palm palm fronds on them as well. So 
um, it is something that you know says, "Hey, we're we're liberated, we're free, uh, we are no longer oppressed." But the problem was, uh, there is truth in that with these palm branches, but not to the level that they thought. Right. Because they're really, Jesus is liberating us from sin and death and the power of the devil. Right. But they thought it was that earthly kingdom and the earthly rule. Mm-hmm. And it's just like Jesus coming into this world through his birth. It was very humble, just as this was a humble coming into the city. Right, right. And we had kind of talked about, you know, the donkey as a symbol of humility. And that's kind of what I always thought. Um, but uh, was, I was listening to um, another commentator, Chad Bird, and he was talking about that, you know, if you look at when King David uh, picked uh, his son Solomon to be king, uh, Solomon rode in on a donkey. And mm. so, like, here, here he was the king, the appointed king, and he's coming in on a donkey. And um, it really, the humility uh, is in Jesus, not just the fact that he's riding on a donkey, um, but that he um, himself, the God of all creation, has humbled himself to come down and become a man living among us. So in that, there's Jesus' humility. Right. And I thought that was pretty cool. And then he went on to talk about how um, various, uh, you know, on the Jesus picks this this donkey or this foal of a colt and uh, that has never been ridden on. Hmm. And I always like, what is that? You know, what, stronger never been st- ridden on. You know, stronger because it's never had that weight on its back. Yeah, something like that. And um, so. You know, you look in the scriptures in the Old Testament, there's um, like heifers who have never had the yoke placed upon them that are coming for sacrifice. And there's various, uh, op, you know, readings in the Old Testament where animals who have never been uh, fit for work or never had the yoke placed upon them to work or carry or anything like this, they're headed to be sacrificed. Mm. Okay. So I think, okay. Here Jesus has this donkey who's never been ridden on. The donkey itself is not getting sacrificed, but he's coming to be sacrificed. You know, so I'm like, that's kind of pretty cool. Right. And almost in my mind, I don't know if this is exact oration, because I can't even say the word. <laughs> but the whole idea, like, you know, Jesus as the Lamb of God replaces the Old Testament. Whoops. That's okay. Knocked, knocked the mic off there or yeah. headphones. But uh the whole idea of like the spot, the sacrificial lamb, it had to be without blemish, be yes. as perfect as it could be because it wouldn't be truly perfect. That's why they had to keep annually sacrificing that lamb. Mm-hmm. But here now in Jesus, he is the perfect lamb of God, unblemished. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of along those lines. It's a, it's a foreshadowing, a type of a forwarding look to who Jesus is. And uh, so uh, that that's pretty cool when you think about the... The, the donkey that's never been ridden on. Um, so mm. kings and, would ride in in their inauguration, for lack of a better word, yeah. on a donkey like King Solomon Coronation. did. Coronation, there you that's go. A, that's a more royal Yeah, that's a word. royal name. And, uh, and so like um, here in some of the aspects, uh, they were calling Jesus the son of David. So like, okay, he is a descendant of David. So if... This all makes sense now. If Solomon rode through it, who who is the you know earthly son of David, 
here is the son of David coming into Jerusalem and now riding on this donkey's and colt. It's really neat when you think about this because you have so many people that will say, oh, well, there's plot holes in the Bible or that's not, there's no continuity within the Bible. But when you see and hear things like this, how can you not see the connecting points of mm-hmm. something written hundreds of years prior to this event and you can see how it connects to one another? Like to me, I'm like that almost that. How can that not want to strengthen your understanding and belief? And like, okay, the Bible is really the word of God. Because how else would have those different authors had that same? Like, let's write about this. You know, you might have to say, well, you know, John knew about that, so that's why he used the donkey. Right, but. right. Well, I mean, the yeah, any of the gospel writers talked about the donkey, but you're right. Nothing is by accident. Is like Jesus is so intentional, and along those lines, uh, if we look at Matthew 21's version, it says, Now when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to, I don't know how to say this town, Beth Bethpage or Bethphage? I, 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 I say know. Bethpage. That's what I say, but it's probably wrong. Well, no, if we both agree, you know, if we can come <laughs> together in agreement on something, All it right. must be true. Beth Bethphage, uh, oh. to the Mount of Olives... And then Jesus sent two disciples saying, go into the village in front of you, Jerusalem, and immediately you'll find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them, bring them to me, and uh, and so forth. So they do, and uh, this is the donkey that he rides on. But the whole thing that I'm getting at, he's coming from the east. He came from Bethany through Bethpage to Jerusalem. He's coming from the east. And um, so I was looking in Ezekiel chapter 10, where uh, the temple uh, was so corrupt. Uh, What was going on in the temple was so corrupt that the glory or the presence of the Lord left the temple. And in Ezekiel 10, um, this is how it describes the glory of the Lord leaving the temple. Uh, Then the glory of the Lord went out from the threshold of the house, that's the temple, and stood over the cherubim. And the cherubim lifted up their wings and mounted up from earth before my eyes as they went out with the wheels beside them. And they stood at the entrance of the east gate of the house of the Lord, and the glory of God of Israel was over them. So the glory of the Lord is leaving the temple through like the east way door, okay? Mm -hmm. So gone, corrupt in the temple, not going to be there. Well, later in Ezekiel 43, uh, you know, they get their act together, and now the glory of the Lord is coming back to the temple. And Ezekiel 43, verse uh, verse 1 says, Then he led me to the gate, the gate facing east. And behold, the glory of the Lord of Israel was coming from the east. And I'll just stop there. I mean, it goes into, there was a sound of his coming, was like the sound of many waters, the earth shone with his glory. So the glory of the Lord is coming back to the temple from the east. Mm-hmm. If you go to Matthew 21, Jesus is the embodiment of the glory of the Lord, right? He's the temple. He's right. the living temple. Right. Where is he coming from? He's yeah. coming from the east. And like the temple in Jerusalem is corrupt with all these leaders who want to kill him. Right. And you know, and right after this he had the flipping of the tables. Yes, see of that's the, the thing. He, like the one of the first things Jesus does is he comes through that eastern point, comes from the east into Jerusalem. One of his first things is to go to the temple. 
And, and he, he sees corruption. I just wish I would have been a fly on the wall to see like Jesus's righteous anger of flipping oh, the tape yeah. and making the cord out the whip and all the. Ooh, yeah. He's like Indiana Jones, man. I wonder if he had a hat on. Well, like... fedora hat. Like, <laughs> and, but yeah, like, what would have that been like to see Jesus that like angry? Because mm-hmm. we don't always picture him that way. Almost, you might say God, like Old Testament, you see that anger when his nose burns, mm-hmm. his anger. Yep, yep. But here it's Jesus. Our, you know, normally with the warm, fuzzy feelings when we think of Jesus, oh, he loves the little children. Oh, right, yeah. But yeah, here, it's righteous just, anger. Right, we see him flipping tables. Like, mm-hmm. man, what a sight that would have been. Yeah, for sure. I mean, boy, imagine Jesus coming into our church and flipping tables on the cookie table or the, you know, right. or the candy table the candy, for NYG. For the NYG. Oh. oh boy, you uh, know. Yeah, you had to bring that one up. <laughs> Uh, no, 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 it's it's not anything like that because these people were 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 bilking people to make you know to you know extort money from them. It would be like if we were charging, to fill their own coffers. Yeah, it'd be like we were selling a hundred dollars for one thing of chocolate. Exactly, and that you would be pocketing the money. Right, you know that that's that's the corruption that was taking place. That doesn't play take place here. Um, but I just think of like. Look at how nothing is random with God's word. And like here in Ezekiel, the glory of the Lord left, went east. And then in, when it came back in the end of Ezekiel, came back from the east. Here Jesus is coming from the east. He's the embodiment of the, and he goes into the temple and he doesn't stick around. He leaves. He's like, well, I'm this blowing this popsicle stand. This isn't my temple. Yeah, this is not my father's house. You know, so I'm going to leave the glory the glory of the Lord will leave this place uh, again, um, but yet, so where does the glory of the Lord go ultimately? Bang, to the cross. Mm-hmm. And like when we look at the cross, at the end of this week, Jesus is on there, and, and you know what do you see? You see the glory of the Lord, the presence of God doing his thing, uh, loving his people, and, and being that sacrifice, that unblemished lamb right the lamb for us yeah takes away the sin of the world it's really awesome man i thought you were gonna get ready to sing there no no i was no i was just kind of getting into this so um i just you know kind of was thinking about these things and um so as as i was talking to you earlier i was talking to someone who's always in the word and we were talking about the god's presence you know and here God's presence was in Jesus, the embodiment of Jesus. And so then it's like, well, how does this relate to us on on Palm Sunday or Monday, Thursday, or Good Friday, or any any normal Sunday, Easter? Just any day of the week. Any day of the week. Where is God's glory? You know, where is his presence? Well, each of us, as believers in Christ, Jesus has given us the Holy Spirit to live in us. He tabernacles in he us. Tabernacles. Oh, I love that phrase. Wow. Tabernacles inside of us. Uh, yeah, he skeneas, right? Like oh, that's well, that Greek word. Well, now there. you're going above and beyond here, showing cow. off with your Greek. That's the only Greek word I know, other than splagizomai. Pater hemon, pater hemon. Yeah, see, our Father. Yeah, there you go. But um, so yeah, he, he like dwells in us, takes and in, tents in us, and so where is the glory of the Lord? It's in you, it's in me, 
It's in you, friend, listening. And wherever we go, God's presence is among us because the Spirit of God lives in us. And that's pretty cool. Like, instead of all of us coming from the East, we come from all corners. When we come to worship, we come from all corners of the town. And we're coming and bang, we come into one location and God's word is praised. He gives his gifts. God is present. And then, poosh, we go out into the world all over the place. And so that same spirit that is alive in you and me, you mentioned it. You saw that spirit of the Holy Spirit located in the people of Cambodia waving those palm fronds. Right. So we are freed from the oppression of sin, Satan and the devil, and death, all, each one of us, from every corner of the world. And makes, like that just is a mind blower. Right. And it makes me want to say a word that we're not allowed to say yet in the church here until yeah, Easter Sunday. Like, like, no wonder we're filled with that joy on mm-hmm. Easter Sunday and just want to shout out that word. Yeah, and and the words that uh, can can we say the H word that they did on uh, Palm yeah, Sunday? Yeah. So they said Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest, and that word Hosanna means help us now, help us now, save us now, Lord. You know, and uh, that's why you know it's like here comes the King, man. Save us now, release right. us from this oppression, and. He does, just not in the way they expected. And those shouts, as we know, of Hosanna, go to crucify. No longer are they asking for him them to be saved. Yeah. He, they're asking for him to be killed instead now. That is the whole irony of it all. And it shows humanity, unfortunately, in its sinfulness, doesn't it? Like, <clears throat> we can be... Oh, it, it reminds me of the book of James. With the same tongue, we heap praises upon God. But with the same tongue we utter curses and like that happened in this week from Palm Sunday praises to, you know, crucify him. And, you know, us as people here in 2022 think, well, how could they go from that quickly from like zero to 60 in a sense of Hosanna to crucify him in less than a week. But it's like in our own lives, don't we turn our backs less in less than a day Maybe yeah. less than an hour sometime. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, groupthink. You know, if the leader all of a sudden is not doing what you want, then the group kind of looks for another leader, and then that leader is kind of left to wander around a room right. by himself and where they get enamored with another leader. And so, yeah, we kind of see these this fickleness of people in oh, in our word. lives. I like that. The fickleness of fickleness. People. Yeah. That's a good word usage there. Yeah, for sure. So um yeah, I just uh as I as I got to really getting into uh you know why why Palm Sunday, what's happening on Palm Sunday, you know, the whole from laying down the the palm fronds and shouting Hosanna to the son of David um, it just is all tying back to the Old Testament that is foreshadowing Christ's coming. And uh, it, it was necessary. It had to happen because right. um, as, as they said in Matthew 21, 11, and the crowd said, this is the prophet Jesus uh, from Nazareth of Galilee. And that prophet, um, he, will, he will be killed in his hometown, won't he? You know, like right. right out the gates. They'll lead them out. Right. 
Not a good thing to be a prophet. No, no, and and to go to your own hometown. So as long as it's not going to your own home own home church to be a pastor, <laughs> that's a tongue twister. Oh yeah, home home own own home church. Uh, thankfully, yeah, I have not experienced that yet. You haven't so, been ran off town, thankfully. Haven't been run out on a rail. But um, but anyway, uh, we just uh, wanted to share a little bit about some of the aspects of Palm Sunday. You know, something that we we read, and you know, it's very familiar to us. And uh, sometimes when we stop and pause and think, well, what are these things mean that that Jesus? Why did he have him go get a cult and? Why did he ride in? Why didn't he just walk in? Because they were walking. Right, and to kind of break it down a little bit, because sometimes when we hear the Palm Sunday story, we just kind of go through the motions, like, okay, yep, they're going to start saying Hosanna, and mm-hmm. no different than the Lord's Prayer times we could go through. We're just going through the motions, like when I was doing confirmation makeup, talking to a kid about the Lord's Prayer. Like, yeah, you know, we have seven petitions, and we do? Mm. It's like you don't even think about what you're saying. You're just going through rote memory. Yep. And... That happens with those stories that are so familiar to buy, like, yes, I've heard the story. I don't need to hear it again. Yeah. And and like people are like, you know, we get pretty excited for Palm Sunday around here. Like, hey, you, you know, you coming to Palm Sunday? Well, be, some people may be like, well, what's the big deal about Palm Sunday? Isn't Easter, Easter the big one? Well, yeah, Easter's <laughs> the big one, but so is Palm Sunday, man. Like, I love mm. waving those palms. Right, and even if you don't have a palm branch at home, if you're worshiping online, you can still wave with your own hand. <laughs> your own palm, <laughs> so uh, which we had to do a couple, <laughs> a couple years ago. Uh, fun oh, fun times. Boy. You just never know what will happen here at Emmanuel. You know, some, some, some year you might wonder where all the palm fronds yeah. went. There's a lot of capers here. Yeah. That's a good word, caper. We have a lot of them. We have it feels a lot like. of capers. But anyway, I think maybe we've gone off the rails. Um, how we how we doing on time? Uh, we're about 25, 26 uh, minutes. Yeah. So, um, well, we we hope that you've enjoyed this uh, fun time getting into God's word, and hopefully that it's uh, kind of inspired you a little bit to know that you know God resides in you, and uh, that with the Spirit active in you. You can bring God's presence to any situation. And, uh, you know, people are struggling with a lot of things in this life. They feel held back. They feel, like, oppressed, uh, bound by. And when we bring the mercy and grace of the Spirit in Jesus' name, that can be all released, you know? And so hopefully that they could say, uh, save us now, Lord. Hosanna. Right, just as they laid down palm branches, we can lay down those stresses in our life and mm-hmm. the feet of Jesus, and he will handle them for us. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for joining us, everybody, on this uh, deeper dive into Scripture on PD and P-Dubs Unscripted. Mm-hmm.